Welcome dream enthusiasts to another enlightening episode of the Dream Hub podcast. Today we're diving into the mesmerizing intersection of dreams, natural wellness and creativity with a very special guest. Joining us is Jack Delamada, a multifaceted artist, the visionary creator behind Lucid Tees and the Dream Joint, and a soulful musician whose work resonates with the rhythms of our subconscious mind. Jack's journey is a fascinating tapestry of exploring the depths of dreams and translating these ethereal experiences into tangible forms, be it through his unique herbal teas designed to promote lucid dreaming or his original music that feels like a soundtrack to our most vivid dreams. His creations are not just products, they are experiences that invite us to explore the deeper layers of our consciousness. Listeners, prepare to be inspired as we explore how Jack's work in the realm of dreams can enhance our understanding of ourselves and the world around us. And for those of you eager to enrich your dream experiences, this conversation is sure to illuminate the path. So without further ado, let's welcome Jack Delamata to the Dream Hub podcast. Down with the shadows that victimize the past. It's the passing of the seasons, it's the moments that will last. It's the passing of the seasons, it's the feelings that you've had. It's the feelings that you've had. Jack, thank you for joining us and bringing your unique perspective to this community of dreamers. Hey, thank you so much, Melissa, for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. I've been pumped to get you on here and really excited with this music that you've been bringing out. So tell me about this song that we just listened to called Passing of the Seasons. Yeah, so this this song touches on a couple themes. Generally, it has to do with, you know, passing through the different phases of life and how they're all necessary aspects, um, whether it can seem dark in the moment or positive. And also it touches on uh, themes of non-duality and oneness. For example, the lyrics down with the notion that we are not the same. We've been tricked and we've been conquered just to live our lives in shame. It sort of touches on the the, the perceived uh, disconnection and separateness that I view as uh, somewhat illusory. 
So I think reminding ourselves that we really are the same, I I think is just a really liberating thing because not only are we no longer trapped in our individual perspective, but it allows you to see other people as sort of another reflection of yourself. I love that. You know, this reminds me of a dream journal entry that I put in last week. And I don't remember what the dream was, but the only notes that I saved was everything is one and one is everything. Yeah, that is a such a good realization to have. I love that. Yeah, it was so cool. It was a good feeling to wake up to. So I find that with concepts like this that are kind of uh, difficult to wrap your mind around tangibly, um, for me at least, uh, through a music medium, but also I'm sure for anybody who does any sort of art, it it feels like a like an easier way of processing it and um, sort of manifesting it in here into the physical form. And a lot of these lyrics that that I come up with, some of the times when I'm writing it, it doesn't even fully make perfect sense to me because it's sort of like rippling up through my subconscious. And then when I listen to it later, when I'm going through different things of life, I feel the relevancy and sort of feel what my mind was trying to tell me at that time. Wow. That's so deep. I love it. So how did you get interested in dreaming? Well, I've always sort of just naturally been a dreamer, I guess you could say. I've had lucid dream since I was pretty young before I knew what the concept of lucid dreaming was. And it really started with, I remember me and my brother, uh, my younger brother, Joey, when we used to sleep in the same room together when he was like nine and I was 12. And we would just try to stay awake while falling asleep. And um, I later found out that that was considered the wild method. Um, But we would we would just try to let our bodies, you know, sort of harden into place as as you just see your body fall asleep and see how long we can keep our mind active. And I guess that was sort of my first experiences with um, trying to experience the, the fringes of the conscious experience in that way. Wow. So, yeah, you've been doing it your whole life, basically. That's really interesting that you got into dreaming from the start of dreams, not just like the ones that you wake up with. Mm-hmm. So your music has a real dreamlike quality to it. Do you see music as a tool for enhancing the dream experience? Like when you were doing this sort of thing, do you fall asleep listening to music or does your music carry through into your dreams in any way? Yeah, so I I feel that anything that has to do with the sort of well of creativity that we draw from is also relevant for dreaming in general because once you sort of refine that connection with the source of creativity i think that it's sort of enhanced in every way that you approach it so if you work with journaling if you work with you know digital or physical art or music i think that inherently brings you closer to um your subconscious and i think how close you are to your subconscious also manifests through dreaming and and how deep that goes and and what that sort of experience is like. So in that way, I think that any sort of thing that sort of enhances your, you know, connection with yourself, I think that definitely has a positive impact on dreaming and your experiences with that. And I suppose even, you know, you're being creative by making your music and to be creative, you need to use your imagination. And I really 
do see imagination can be like a stepping stone into opening up your dreams further. Like, yeah. you know, some people are like, like you were saying with you and your brother and you are sort of in that hypnagogic state and you're seeing what images are coming up to you and things like that. People say to me, but aren't I just making it up? Like, aren't I just imagining that stuff? But I think we do need to sometimes start imagining it first and then use that as a stepping stone to kind of follow the rabbit down the hole type thing and then just see what else comes to you. Totally. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think it's sort of like stimulating your creative thinking really does stimulate everything else. Yeah. And so do you use your dreams to help you create your music? Like I hear people saying that they can hear music in their dreams. Does this happen to you? Yeah. So during the hypnagogic state, I think that that is one of the most creative states that you can be in. And I think Benjamin Franklin actually had a method for sort of like waking himself up by tying like a string to his finger so that he could stay within the hypnagogic state. So when I'm in that state, I definitely find melodies come to me very easily. Yeah, I I just feel a deeper access to that creative place. Um, And then on another level, when I'm inside a dream, I've had these really cool experiences where I'm watching like a live performance from the audience with like five band members, just full compositions. And just especially if it's lucid, having that experience of just being amazed, like, whoa, my mind is coming up with all of this at once, you know, each individual part. And I think that that's not just me. I think all of us have a connection to this deep well of creativity within all of us. But it's just such a cool experience being there. So sometimes when I wake up, I can remember some of that. But other times I'm just in, you know, extreme awe of the experience. Yeah, it's hard to document or write down or like capture the magic that does come within dreams because sometimes, I don't know, like I know in dreams sometimes I can feel emotions that I don't even have words to describe, like that emotion isn't even labeled yet. And I'm assuming that with music as well, it's just like endless possibilities of different musical notes and things like that that may not actually have a note, if you know what I mean. Like right. there's different yeah. colors in dreams that we we don't have names for and I'm, I'm wondering if it's the same with music. Right. And and sometimes with the, the aesthetic beauty of music or whatever is going on in your dreams, I think there's something magical about it sort of being ephemeral and, and letting it go, you know, rather than just trying to latch on to it and have a mission to bring it back and turn it into a thing. I think that's really just an, an example of, you know, being tuned into your creativity and just realizing that it's a, a constant well, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, just basking in it and enjoying it for what it is at the time. It's that special thing that you get to experience and you don't have to share it with anybody else. <laughs> exactly. So listeners, I've got Jack's music. It's on Spotify and Bandcamp. If you want to get a taste of more of his songs, I've put the links in the show notes below. And throughout this episode, I'm going to keep playing a few more of his songs so that you can have a listen. So the funny thing is I came across you through who I call my dreaming sister, Amina. It's really funny. A lot of my listeners will probably know her. She runs the Dream World podcast and she inspired me to start my own podcast. She's been so amazing with me on my journey and she's taught me so much. And I call her my dreaming sister because we have this unspoken connection where we both now keep doing the same things at the same time. 
So if you listen to her podcast, you might have seen that she just released an episode with Jack like yesterday. It just keeps happening with different guests. We keep asking the same people without realizing and it's so funny. So I just wanted to give a huge shout out to Amina at the Dreamworld podcast. I'm also going to put her show in the links below um, because she's so cool. She's so rad. Like she's dope. Like if you listen to her, you'll know that's <laughs> that I'm talking about her. And the funny yeah, Amina's thing is, great. yeah, and her and I both have the same birthday as well. Like what are the wow. odds? It's so funny. Yeah, we'll, I was doing a dream interpretation for her. And her dream was a lot about birthdays. And it was like a celebration. I'm like, do you have a birthday coming up? She's like, yeah, it's July 27th. I'm like, that's my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. So yeah, thank you. And yeah, thanks, Amina. If I I didn't follow her, I wouldn't have met you, Jack. And and that's how it goes around here. We all meet each other in the dream world. We probably all meet each other in a dream one day. And I've also got links to his website where listeners can purchase his products and check out all the blogs that he's been uploading. So what are the topics of the blogs that you've been doing? Well, some of the blogs um, have to do with more practical things such as, you know, how to use some of the dream herbs in the most effective ways and the different effects that each one has on the dreams. Um, But I also like to dig into the philosophy of things relating to the subconscious. Um, Like I'm a big fan of Carl Jung and his uh, interpretation of the shadow and how different aspects of the subconscious presents itself in that way. I have this one blog post where I write about how dreams can be, well, anything that, that helps you get more connected with your subconscious, especially dreams, can help you become aware of the things that you try to push aside about yourself because I think we all sort of have a somewhat cherry-picked version of our own personalities and we are just so multi-dimensional I mean I I think there's good within all of us I think there's evil within all of us and the more that we try to skirt the evil and stuff like that to the side the more that it bleeds into our life in the form of projections and you know placing that on other people it's almost like thinking oh, this thing inside me I don't like, so I'm going to externalize it onto someone else and then hate them for it, you know? But I think once you start to see what's going on with yourself and and integrate it, then it really can help your interpersonal connections with other people and also your connection with yourself because you'll be dealing with less cognitive dissonance. And I think that any sort of lucid dreaming and also using, you know, dream herbs and different tools that enhance that, can help you access different components of your subconscious that you might not have had access to otherwise. You explain that so well. I know when I first started learning about all of that stuff, it was a bit overwhelming and I didn't really get it. And you've just explained it so perfectly. Thank you for that. So you're also working on tincture extracts of heaps of different herbs what have you got going on? And then what's the difference between having it in a tincture? Like, how do you take that? So tinctures, some people do glycerin extracts, other people do alcohol extracts. I've been experimenting with like high content alcohol extracts, like Everclear grain alcohol, because that tends to get a lot of the different components as opposed to glycerin. And that includes the different auxiliary compounds that are in the plant that could help out with the entourage effect, you know, without just fixating on the one isolated compounds that people are focused on. So one of them that I've been uh, working on a tincture for is the African dream root tincture. 
And a difference between using the tincture and, and teas or smoking is that it tends to work really quickly. Um, and smoking does too, but it's, it's better for people who would rather not, you know, hurt their lungs in any way. And it's also gentle and yeah, it's a, it's just a pretty immediate experience, which is great for right before bed. I do have to say that a lot of alcohol extracts can, can burn like underneath your tongue a little bit. So what I like to do is dilute it with some water first or put some water in my mouth and then drop it on there. And then within like three to three to five minutes, you can start feeling the effects. Wow. That's cool. I'm going to get me some of that. <laughs> so before we go into talking more about the dream herbs, I'm just going to play one more of your songs for now. And this one's called Perceptual Door. So enjoy. Look out, look out, look out, look out. I just get lonely when I can't do what I do. Jack, that was so awesome. Can you tell me the story behind this song? Yeah, so that was one of the first songs I, I wrote while in college. And I started it with sort of a, as, as a practice for using leading chords into other chords going around the circle of fifths. And then I just thought, man, this is turning into a groove. Maybe I'll make a song about it. So the first part of the song pertains to the feeling that you have when you aren't fulfilling your what feels like your actualization and, and the emptiness. I, I get so lonely when I can't do what I do or do the things that bring me pain, which I view as coming from a inherent disconnection from the self and sort of not listening to those subconscious messages. And then I have a interlude sort of 
talking about the dysphoria that sort of comes with the modern world, which sort of enhances that state of connection. But also, so in the in the crux of the chorus, when it comes to the the sort of fix to to feeling that disconnection, the when I say you turn the lights off, give me what I need, open the perceptual door so I can breathe. I sort of like having innuendos that could have to, you know, be interpreted as romantic partners. But I also, when I wrote that, I was thinking more about actually you turn the lights out, give me what I need having to do with when you're falling asleep and opening up the perceptual door. And I think about that more as a connection with the source and sort of talking to what people would, you know, understand as God or the universe or referred to in different names. Um, so I'd, I'd, I like having little innuendos and leaving it a bit open to interpretation, but I always like when there's different ways that it can be viewed, depending on where people are at, you know, and, and what feels relevant to them in the moment. Mm. <laughs> I'd love to hear, like, now that people have listened to that song, what was the first thing that came to your mind when you heard those lyrics? For me, it was dreaming. But now when you say that about it, it could be like a romantic partner. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I wonder which way people's <laughs> minds go when they hear it, what they're thinking of. <laughs> I think it really depends on just what's sort of going on in their life. And I think something that I like about lyrics that tend to be a little bit vague is that it's sort of almost like a like a Rorschach, you know, the ink blot tests that are used in psychology. It's like I, I believe that the subconscious is inherently helpful and, and complementary, um, you know, to, to what's happening in your conscious state. So I think when it's vague, it sort of leaves room for the subconscious to fill in meaning with what your conscious mind might need to hear or might be missing out. And I'm I'm not just talking about my music here, just you know, yeah. music in general with vague lyrics. So I think stuff like that, there's just so many ways that the subconscious can sort of like leave little messages to you and how you interpret things can just be so varied and vast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it can resonate with so many different people for so many different reasons. I love it. So I want to do a bit of an introduction to Onerogens. Is that how you pronounce it, Onerogen? Yeah, Onerogens. Yeah, cool. I'm not sure if I pronounce it right. Yeah, so. I don't even know. I was like, oh, <laughs> I know the first time that I heard that word, I was like, what does that mean? And then I struggled to look it up because I couldn't spell it. <laughs> so, Jack, could you start just by giving our listeners a brief overview of what onerogens are? Right. So onerogens are any sort of plant or external thing that you ingest in some way that has an effect specifically on the dream world and uh, a lot of people sort of see that as just one sort of binary do you dream more or do you dream less but i think what a lot of people don't realize is that just like other substances like psychoactives there are so many different factors in your dreams that can be affected and modulated and i think that that's so cool you know yeah definitely with the different ingredients and things like that i know like with mugwort, I get a different dream style come to me compared to when I use, say, Blue Lotus, for example. So, yeah, it's really interesting. We'll go into a few of those um, different ones in a minute. They seem to be 
kind of like a great segue to start for anyone who's interested in psychedelics like mushrooms or LSD or something like that, but maybe don't have the resources or connections or they might be a bit scared to take something stronger. What do you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that anything that's closer to something that you are already familiar with, which you know, even young children are familiar with dreaming, I, I think is a really good segue to, you know, f experiencing other parts of your mind that we may not have access to in waking life. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a sense of safety there associated with it, as long as you, you know, know that you're safe within your own mind. Um, but another thing is, due to the nature of dreams and how you're, you know, totally untethered from this world and totally just plunged into the infinite well of creativity that I think we all draw from and are connected to in some way, you can even have, you know, much more intense experiences than you could on the classical psychedelics, at least. And I think that's, that's really cool, because it's in a safe way, you know, you're not gonna, you know, <laughs> live this stereotype of taking your clothes off and running down the street, you know, you're, you're yeah. safe in bed. Yeah. Um, and you can really just go to so many different places and you can learn so many skills within your dreams. So I, I really do point. think it's a good entry point. Yeah, definitely. That's such a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you reckon that these onerogens should be avoided by people who have nightmares? I think that question has to, it's sort of a personal question having to do with, you know, where people are in terms of their relationship to themselves and what type of nightmares and if it's like for instance after immediate trauma or something like that i do think that generally when confronting you know in, intense emotional mountains that you you're wanting to climb over i think that like meditation and and natural dreaming and stuff like that is is very helpful mm -hmm. but if somebody is at a point where they are having recurrent nightmares and they're they're trying different things I think anything that can help it become more vivid, which can then help you become more lucid, can help you get more insight, especially if you really internalize the, the knowledge that you are safe within your mind and that it is a safe place to explore, even if it is scary. Because then you can sort of, you know, flip the, flip the script and ask the monster what they want. And I think that that could be really helpful for overcoming nightmares. Yeah, that is such a good point. Definitely. I know I've used lucidity to get over nightmares and be able to turn and confront the person trying to fight me and be like, what do you want? And that sort of a thing. And that's definitely broken me out of them because, yeah, then I could understand what it was all about and, and take action in my waking life to change things. And, yeah, I suppose anyone who's having nightmares could also just um, book a call with me and I'll see if I can help you decipher what's going on for you. Then you can have more enjoyable nights. Absolutely. I know a lot of people who do have nightmares use like chemical sleeping tablets to try to like suppress their dreams. And some people just struggle sleeping. Um, but there's obviously an issue with health effects and like impacts on your dreams and things like that. Do you have ones that just help with sleep but not dreams? So I would say the closest thing to that, um, which you would still feel fresh in the morning after would be blue lotus flower because mm -hmm. the dreams tend to be more gentle than some of the other other experiences that the dream herbs induce and people mm -hmm. do take it for sleep because it makes you 
you know, sleepy and it can help you stay asleep for the whole night. Mm -hmm. Cool. Especially the tea. Yeah. My question was going to be, what's your take on natural alternatives such as herbal teas in promoting healthier sleep and dream patterns? Yeah, well, I, I, I do think that these alternatives are a really good thing to have in the toolbox because a lot of the alternative, more synthetic compounds that people use for sleep or for dreaming, a lot of them are used off-label and without any longitudinal studies that you know really can tell what happens in the long term. For example, I used to take some uh, Benadryl when I was having trouble sleeping. And I I did that for a bit until I saw this study recently. I think it was a, a Stanford study that using anticholinergics, which is what antihistamines like Benadryl falls under, and like greatly increases the risk of dementia later in life. And a lot of people use Benadryl and other antihistamines for sleep. And we just it's like we find out later, you know, what can happen with a long term use of these sort of things. So I think that a lot of these plants. Of course, we don't know everything, but a lot of like when you have thousands of years of of use of these plants in various cultures without, you know, consistent negative effects reported, I think that that can tell you a lot more than, you know, lack of longitudinal studies that we have in a lot of these compounds that people take. Definitely. Let's have a chat about how anerogens have been used historically in different cultures for dream enhancement. Like, what can you teach us about that? Right. So I, I, I do want to get across that I'm not a spokesperson for these cultures and that there's so many various cultures that use it in different ways, though there are some universal similarities. A lot of people use these to connect to the spirit world, to connect with ancestors and in a shamanic context, because shamans are usually figures that have these fringe consciousness experience to gain specific insights so that they can bring it back to the rest of the tribe or community to help have insight to lead them in the right direction. So a, a lot of the time, different shamans explore the dream realm for this. And other times they explore, you know, psychoactive waking experiences for this. In a lot of different cultures, communicating with ancestors and, and spirits to get guidance is a very big and crucial part of the local spirituality. And dreaming tends to be one of the best ways that they've found to access that. So I think anything, you know, cataloging all the local plants when, when they find something that helps in that way, I think it's a pretty obvious choice to use that to benefit the community. Have you had these type of experiences yourself, like in your dreams from using these herbs? Like, have you connected with the spirit realm? I don't have any personal experience with connecting with uh, ancestors, so to speak, but I have lost a couple friends and I have had extremely vivid visitation experiences with them. Just last week, I, I was watching a, a friend, my friend Nate Frank, who, who played a bass in my band with me. I was uh, sitting next to him and just watched him perform for about like 10 minutes in the dream in a completely constant, uninterrupted, lucid experience. And it was it was him. And I was watching his fingers and it was exactly how he played. And I just woke up so appreciative. And um, 
speaking of of earlier when I was discussing watching full bands perform, another one of my good friends, Elliot, who unfortunately passed away, I had a beautiful experience of watching his band in the future perform songs in his style and looking at all the different instruments and just sitting there in the crowd and having these sort of connections, which some may perceive as a spirit world, some may perceive as the internal world, which very well may connect to everything. And the I think the border between those two is kind of loosey-goosey. Yeah, visitation dreams are really my main experiences that I've had with that. That's so beautiful. It's so nice when you can just spend some time with the people that you miss. I love that. I wonder right. if... um this dream of your friend playing his music in the future, he's trying to get a message through to you to play a song in his style for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep yeah, that would be real special. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I have also um, had an experience with what felt like a uh, a spirit guide. and this This woman voice from above who actually presented herself as my spirit guide. And it was an experience during a spiritual awakening where at the time, I think my ego was getting a little too hefty during the awakening. And it was basically just like a shutdown experience where I was flying and I was sort of slammed to the ground. And it was like, a, you aren't anything type thing. And I, I think that that really is was beneficial and, and helped level me out. And whether or not that comes from a spirit within our subconscious trying to help us as Carl Jung might think or some sort of external spirit or even if there's not you know not even a difference I think that it's just really amazing experiences to have yeah yeah either way it helped it didn't really matter where it came from but it was very humbling that's great right so I want to talk about a few of the most popular plants and their different characters like the the plant spirits so Let's talk first, um, probably the first dream herb that I ever tried was the Mexican dream herb. I got that through your shop. And the first time I tried it, I had six dreams in one night, which that was a record for me wow. um, at the time. And I thought it was amazing. So like, I'd love to hear your stories about it. What makes this herb unique in the realm of dream enhancement? Yeah, so Kalea Zacatechichi is probably one of the most ubiquitous dream herbs that most people have heard about. And it was actually the only dream herb that I knew about before I researched other ones and, and started this shop. And it's it's a really interesting one. It has a very long history among shamans, uh, specifically the Mazatec tribes in, um, in Oaxaca, Mexico. And they would smoke it while simultaneously drinking a lot of tea and enter trance-like states while awake, which would then lead into very vivid dream experiences. And for me, the if 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 we're talking about plant spirits or some sort of energy behind it, it it feels very intense and sort of like a, a bit of a darkness to it that also encompasses so that it encompasses the full spectrum of emotion and experience, which I think is a really beautiful thing, rather than other things that are great for their own uses, like blue lotus flower, which tends to have much more gentle and warm and beautiful experiences. I find that Kalea Zacatechichi tends to be sort of blunt, very real, and 
very vivid in like a, a tactile and, and color sense. Like sometimes I'll wake up from a dream after using that and be like, is that a dream? <laughs> you know, since you mentioned it, let's move on to the other really popular one these days, which is the blue lotus flower. And that's often surrounded by like a mystical aura, particularly in ancient Egypt culture. Can you explain its significance in dream work and its effects on the dreamer? Right. So blue lotus flower has very strong significance in ancient Egyptian culture. And it was also used in the perceived age of debauchery. There's many papyrus paintings of people having orgies that are very graphic while holding the blue lotus flowers in their hand. And I know they used, used to make a wine concoction with it. But it also had just very deep spiritual experiences or spiritual significance at different times, representing consciousness opening and awakening and enlightenment in general. So for me, Blue Lotus is a really great dream herb because it encompasses like a gentle, loving, misty aura that also tends to have sensual undertones. Um, it also has anti-anxiety features. So that tends to make the dreams, you know, I, I don't really have nightmares when I take blue lotus flower. But also compared to Kalea Zakatachichi, for example, it tends to be, for me at least, tends to be a little bit less vivid and precise and more sort of misty and mystical, if you could imagine that. It, it's very colorful as well, I find. I know what you mean. I had blue lotus flower the other night and then when I, like I had a full dream, but then when I woke up, I couldn't dream journal it because I couldn't find the words in the English language to be able to describe what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, when you're just saying it's so like mystical and it was just, yeah, like it was lovely and I felt like I was having a very fun time, but I couldn't even describe what had happened because it was just so magical. Yeah, it feels like it sort of has like a cloudy, sensual allure to it, you know? Yeah, I heard it was an aphrodisiac and I was like, what? <laughs> How? I mean, yeah. So yeah, people sort of compare it to a uh, to like a much more subtle version of MDMA when it comes to like um, sensory enhancement while awake, but also in your dreams. And Blue Lotus Flower, it contains the compound aporphine which relates to dopamine and so there is there's a lot of anti-anxiety effects that come from it i know that some people mix it with cannabis which can sort of attenuate the more anxious effects that some people get mm -hmm. some compounds have also been found to have antipsychotic properties which can also pertain to the more psychotic effects that some people can have uh, when smoking cannabis. So overall, it just makes for a really pleasant dream experience. So I think that that's another good entry one. Yeah. But ultimately, I think that there are benefits within, you know, dream herbs that help you sort of see the, the full spectrum of experience. Mm, yeah, definitely. Might be good to start with Blue Lotus and then go on to something else. You know what right. I found also helped me with like anti-anxiety feelings was mugwort. So when I first tried mugwort, it had like a really calming effect on me, which was really nice. Do you want to tell us a bit about mugwort? Right. So 
mugwort for me one of the main effects that it has is on the hypnagogic state it really especially for the the wild technique it can make that feel a lot more wild it tends to increase the sort of like hallucinatory um, middle ground experiences as you're falling asleep, which can make it easier to jump into one of those windows of, of dreams that presents itself while you're floating in that space. Um, it's also great for meditation while, you know, totally awake. A lot of people also find it very helpful for astral experiences, you know, depending on your perception of what those type of experiences are. And for I know it's used for for magica, which I, I I don't know too much about that to be honest, but it's very popular within uh, people who engage in that. Mm, that's so cool. I want to know more about this African dream route. I've heard that it's one of your favorites, and you've just made this tincture about it. Right. So it's been used for a very long time in the eastern Cape of South Africa, notably among the Kosa tribes. Each tribe has, you know, different uses for it, but something that's pretty ubiquitous is that it tends to give more prophetic dreams than other dream herbs, like something that feels like a message from the other, you know, something else external, such as spirit guides or wisdom that just feels like it comes from outside of the boundaries of your own mind. And I, I just think that's so cool. So it's been used for ancestor communication, but also a lot of these practices for protective reasons, you know, they tend to not disclose a lot of the information to outsiders to sort of protect the practices. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great thing. So it's cool to experiment with these and sort of have, you know, your own experiences and, and come up with your own sort of ceremonies surrounding it. Definitely. Well, you've motivated me to try the African dream route now. I have some inside. I haven't tried it yet. So you've got to crush it up, right? So you crush it up and then mix it with water and then strain it and yeah. drink it. Is that right? Yeah, that's one way to do it. But also a, a, a popular way to do it is to crush it up. You mix it with water and then you shake it and then it produces a foam at the top of it and then you just sort of slurp up the foam and okay. you keep doing that it makes more foam you keep slurping the foam until you feel satiated is uh right. is how it's described <laughs> and i guess you'll know when you you'll feel know. satiated <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like that's enough foam for me <laughs> <laughs> please hold the foam i'm good um, perfect i'll <laughs> yeah. put it in a protein shaker and just off i go i'll let you know how it goes <laughs> Right. Also, uh, what might be a more approachable way is uh, chew. You can just chew the root. Oh yeah. And something about the the African dream root that's different than other dream herbs is it tends to have a buildup effect when used day after day. Mm -hmm. So at first you might not feel it that much, but once you're on like the fourth day or so of casually chewing it, you'll your dreams will just become much more spectacular and, and to me have more of a prophetic quality to it. Excellent. Love it. I'm, I'm going to go give that a go. Can you share any personal experiences or notable anecdotes from people who have used these plants for dream enhancement? Right. So a lot of people have reached out just um, thanking me, you know, for, for experiences that they've had and for providing these resources, which, which I love to see. My siblings have told me that they have also felt experiences coming from, 
you know, what felt like the outside, like spirit guides giving them wisdom. Yeah. So more generally, I've just heard of people telling me that these plants have helped them feel more connected with themselves overall and sort of have a, you know, a more holistic view of their own consciousness, which I think is a great thing to spread around, especially, you know, in, in what many see as an age of relative disconnection compared to previous generations. Yeah, definitely. How do you see these plants and their spirits fitting into modern dreamwork practices? So I think that with any spiritual practice, it's good to just have tools in the toolbox that can help with these sort of things. I do think that generally starting out natural is best. And then when you get to the point when you want to experience these things and have a sort of a more experience, then I think that it's great for that and it can help facilitate breakthroughs. And also a lot of these people use this like an every once in a while thing. But depending on the one that you're using, for example, Blue Lotus, people use that consistently for for helping them fall asleep also. So it can have some of them have more of a every once in a while feel. Others have more of like a, you can use it more freely. Um, it just really has to do with how much you know you want to dig up out of your your subconscious. And with that in mind, it's it's always good to you know after big experiences of any kind, whether it's traveling overseas or a psychedelic trip, it's great to sort of integrate it and to sit with it and to wait a little bit before going back for another experience. That's a really good point. So what should our listeners know about the safety and ethical considerations when using these plants? So I think that a lot of this has to do with uh, sort of like our own intuitive relationship with ourselves. So I think that listening to your body really is the name of the game here. And if you're connected with your subconscious to a degree, you can you can really feel like... Um, intuitively if if you want more or less or any sort of experience or if that would be good for you it's also important that you know you get products that are sustainably sourced and um you know use fair labor practices and i've i've been in touch with uh, the distributors from fault small farms that i get my products from for example the blue lotus that i have comes from a very nice man rasika in sri lanka and I've done uh, video chats with him and, and checked out his farm. And it, it just seems like, you know, a really great place. So I'm happy to, you know, support local farmers and growers. And also, I think when using herbs that are relevant in other people's customs, it is really good to keep in mind, you know, the c cultural significance that are more relevant to these specific customs and areas and peoples and to not you know, sort of claim these things as our own and sort of understand that they do have more of a significance in other place and that we can't just try to jump in there and emulate exactly what they're doing. So it's more of a, you know, personal journey. Um, so yeah, I think holding respect in that way is a really crucial part of this process. Beautiful. So for someone interested in exploring the world of dream herbs, particularly with these plants that we've mentioned, what advice would you give for a safe and meaningful experience? I would say that the number one thing is to trust your own mind and know that you're safe. Some people prescribe to ideas of like entities and attachments and it being more like a outward astral experience where things can just go horribly wrong. But I, 
I tend to view that as as somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy in certain ways. And I think the border between the subconscious and the outside world being so blurry, I think we really do have agency and safety within, within our own mind. So I think that if you're directed by love and you trust yourself and trust your mind and know that reality, if you're coming at it with love inherently is a safe place on an internal level and you're listening to your body, I think that these things could be a very safe experience. Great advice. Thank you. Tell me about one of your favorite or most memorable lucid dreams. I would say at this point, my favorite dreams are the visitation dreams that I've had. I think after, you know, losing somebody that you really care about, it it is just like, you know, flying and, and like seeing universes and all that stuff is great. But but once you lose somebody that you really care about, it's just so special, you know, coming face to face with them again and being able to tell them the things that you wanted to tell them and, and give them a hug. So for me, it's I I don't like search for those experiences, but when it happens, I just view it as such a great gift. I agree. And there's something about it. It's like, you know, it's them, you know, it's that person. Like you can see them, feel them, touch them, smell them. Like even their mannerisms come through of things that you'd forgotten about or thought you'd forgotten about. And it's just so heartwarming to get to have like a reconnection again. Yeah, I agree with you. That's really nice. Exactly. Yeah. And it feels like a lot of those mannerisms, it's like, how could I remember each and every little like physical movement that is exactly them? So it really feels like the essence is right there. Yeah. Thank you.
You just shared this song, When You're Free, and you told me that it was written during a very intense spiritual awakening that you had, and then you wrote it and recorded it in only 20 minutes. Can you share a bit about that? I've recorded that in in 20 minutes, and then I I had a uh, my saxophone teacher record a flute solo on it later, so I guess that uh, technically extends the time a little bit. <laughs> But yeah, I was I was in the middle of a very intense non-dual experience that lasted about three months after I was reading some text about oneness that just sort of spontaneously occurred where I had just the full shift in perspective to the point where I would look in somebody's eyes and just know that I was talking to myself on a really deep universal level. So I at one point during it, I sat down by the piano and it just it just sort of like it felt like I wasn't doing anything with my mind. It just sort of like flew out of my fingers. And that song, it it really centralizes around the topic about liberation from the ego and sort of waking up from within this cycle of, of reincarnation that, you know, we're sort of spinning around in um, and just sort of popping in and 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 knowing that you're just part of this continuous conscious experience that isn't limited to your own. So when I say like I've been a I've been a sailor, I've been a priest, I've been everything I like, but it's not me. It's it's like we are so much more than the individual roles and characters that we inhabit each time we come to in in this, you know, universal experience. I haven't stopped smiling this whole episode. My cheeks are getting sore. Everything you say, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, you got to take a break from that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you. I'm going for a, a bit of a drive later today, so I'm going to have your album on repeat. And now that I know all these little stories, it'll be even more interesting to listen again. That's oh, so cool. that's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> Where do you see the future of dream herbs <laughs> in the broader context of dream exploration and spiritual practices? Well, I think that this is definitely growing. I think that in this age of disconnection, a lot of people are wanting to find ways to connect deeper with themselves. And I think people are just sort of finding out that there's all these different plants that can affect your dreams in different ways, not just on a binary level. Um, and I know that you know, psychedelic culture is increasing as well. And there's more awareness of that. So I think by extension, people are going to be interested in this, especially with the pending legality of different psychoactive plants, unfortunately, across the world. Also, I think in the future, just as a natural side effect of technological advancements, I think that people are going to be, once we understand how dreams work, of course, which we're very far off from. So until then, it's going to be hard to figure out how these different, you know, things that affect our dreams work. But I'm, I can foresee people working to extract the specific compounds from the plants to figure out exactly what's doing what. But I find that these plants have a way of just working together with so many different compounds that we can't just individually isolate, which is known as the entourage effect. And I think that it sort of spoils a bit of it trying to take it down to a synthetic level. Hmm. So in that way, I think we're, we're going to go through a lot of technological revolutions that try to 
turn things into a reductivist level, but I think I, I have faith that the the people will acknowledge that, you know, nature has sort of given us this stuff that's just so incredible and such a unique orientation that's just a blend of different compounds to help us out in certain ways. You're so right. Nature is best. And yeah, they'll, and then once they realize how great it is, the government will probably try to ban us from selling it and <laughs> only sell it through chemists and you know how they keep doing yeah. that with everything. <laughs> Until they can patent it and then it's yeah. going to be all over the billboards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In the outro, I'm going to play one last song by you called Waves. Before we go, can you tell us about that song? Sure. So this is uh, my most recent track that I released. This uh, a lot of my music have themes about the ocean and water and a lot of different dream psychologists like like Carl Jung views the ocean and underwater as sort of an aspect of representing our subconscious and what's underneath that. And so I start with the lyric, listen to the waves when you're drowning. And to me, that sort of means when you're in a situation where you're really low in life and hurting, just stopping and breathing and listening to what's happening and listening to what your subconscious is trying to tell you is like the most important thing. And it's also just such a great opportunity to learn more about yourself. And also I like funky grooves. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to blend those together. Listen to the waves when you're drowned 
I would love for anybody to reach out to me on my contact form with any questions or any unique dreams that they have. And my goal here is to, you know, just spread things that help people become more connected to themselves. Because I think that if you're more connected to yourself, you're more connected to other people and to the universe. And I think that we all just really need that right now. And also check out my music. <laughs> that's that's my dream. That feels like my version of my personal actualization. Um, so I, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing that and playing the songs on here. That really means a lot. So welcome. I think they're awesome. And especially now knowing the meaning behind a lot of those songs, it just is going to make the listen a lot deeper. And, you know, you're going to be opening up little pockets within people's minds with your lyrics and stuff like that. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. Right. And also, I, I just want to say on my website, you can use uh, a promo code DreamHub for a discount. Yay. Thank you. That's so generous. Did you hear that, guys? So when you go onto the Dream Joint, when you purchase anything at the checkout, type in DreamHub and it'll get you a discount. How generous. Thank you so much, Jack. Yeah, thank you for having me, Melissa. And that brings us to the end of a truly fascinating conversation here on the Dream Hub podcast. A huge thank you to Jack for joining us today and sharing his incredible insights into the world of dreams, music, and natural wellness. Jack, your journey and creations are a testament to the power of dreams and how they can shape our reality. To our listeners, we hope this episode has inspired you to explore the depths of your own dreams and consider the natural ways to enhance this experience. So don't forget to check out Jack's Lucid Tease for a unique journey into lucid dreaming and immerse yourself in the dreamlike melodies of his music available on Spotify and Bandcamp. Thank you for tuning in and keep dreaming, exploring and discovering the mysteries that lie within. Until next time, this is Melissa Johnson wishing you a peaceful night and insightful dreams. 